This is Ron Moss from the heart. As I sit here and watch uh, some of the election results and and kind of monitor some of the uh, election numbers and realizing that because you know I happen to live in the the state of South Carolina, which is a predominantly Republican state, and wonder how will any of the concerns or issues that I have or that I think the majority, at least the people in some of the communities that I serve, feel that are important will ever be looked upon. I look at some of our black public officials and wonder when they decided to run for office, was they, were they running for personal gain or were they running to make a difference? I even think about our white brothers and sisters who, when they decide to run for office, were they running to bring the country or the state together? Or are they running for power and to keep a certain part of the state a certain way? And as I look across the whole landscape of this country and I look at this landscape of this world and how it has evolved and continue to evolve, that there is a division that, at least for now, has become apparent. It does not really matter who's in office. Now there are people who are former commentaries or commentators on on TV networks who run for office, people who or actors, you know, traditionally we've had some people who ran, who were actors who ran for office and won. I think about uh, uh, Ronald Reagan. I think about Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, to name a few, uh, who decided that they just wanted an opportunity to see if they could make a difference. And again, I wondered, or wonder now, if it was some kind of personal gain because of popularity, or was it actually looking at the landscape of the particular state that they lived in and saw that things were not right for everybody and felt like they needed to get in and they could make some positive change? Uh, Whether or not that was documented, whether or not that happened, you know, I don't really know the details. But as I look at this landscape right now, It is apparent that there is a movement in place where it does not matter what a person's background is, what their experience is, what they've done previously that had something to do with government or had something to do with community or had something to do with making a difference in general is picking the person who could possibly win. That seems to matter 
sora or picking the person that they've already sat down and said now if you win it's not about making a difference in your community it's not about making an impact on the poorest of them or the least of them it's not about doing anything for the middle class it's about doing what we the few people with power say and if you can't live up to that we won't give give you any money for your campaign we won't bring powerful people to you to make sure you get elected or make sure that you can become electable or we'll just turn our back against you and let you fend for yourself. What well, what brings me to this is two things, two or three things. One is looking at the election for Senate and governor in Georgia and realizing that because you don't know anything or you're not really came out of the political arena or again, your background does not line up with you doing anything that related to dealing with people on a regular basis is just kind of, and I'm talking now about this, this, the race for Senate in Georgia, that when I look at the record of Herschel Walker, opposed to the election of Pastor Warnock, that at least the history of one individual, particularly Warnock, dealt with leading people on a consistent and regular basis. And doing it, we hope and pray, in a spiritual way. That does not mean that he was qualified to be a senator. It just means he had qualifications that he worked with people on a regular basis. I don't really know the history of Herschel Walker uh, because whatever he did, he did it more so privately than publicly until he decided to run for Senate. Now, on both sides of the spectrum, you know, if you are a Republican, and and I hate the titles that we put on each other because it takes us away from just being human beings who want to do right by each other, which we're not doing that right now. We We don't do that anymore. So when he decided to run as a Republican, was he doing it because some folk asked him to? Or again, he looked at the landscape of Georgia and felt like that if he get voted as a senator, that he could make a difference in a way that he didn't see things being done that were for all people. Through some of the speeches that I've heard him make, uh, through the one debate that I listened to, I never heard that. And to be honest, let's be honest here, because I want to be honest. I didn't hear so much of that, even with Senator Warnock or Pastor Warnock. 
So that's kind of what makes me lean towards not knowing whether or not these folk are wanting to run for an office that is designed to serve particularly the constituents in their community, particularly the people that live in their jurisdiction. Or are they doing it just so they can say, I'm a senator and and I have to move to Washington and, and I get to hang out with the elites or the upper class and I get paid a good amount of money. I have a great insurance policy and and I get the right connects. And if I do it just the right way, if I can become electable and, and maybe get it voted in a couple of times, then I can make enough money to sustain for the next 10 or 15 years. I don't know. But it would just appear that whether you are Democrat or Republican or independent, it's not really about the people that you're serving. It's kind of more personal and it's just about winning. And then that small group of people that you made promises to, to do whatever they say. Those are the people for the next two years or four years that you got to satisfy. And as long as you satisfy those few people, and I want you to understand what I'm saying, not the people that you're supposed to serve, not those thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that voted for you. I'm talking about those few people that came to you, told you they want you to run for office, told you what platform they want you to run on, which most of the time has nothing to do with the community that you're serving, and said, if you do this and do what we say, we may allow you to run for office and and make it so that you can win again. Now, I don't want to harbor on this because it makes me think about several elections. And I've just cut the TV off and I'll wait till tomorrow to hear the results of what has taken place. But I, I want to end on something that I'm very compassionate about, that I have always been compassionate about, but maybe more so now than ever in my 60th year of living on this planet. There is a power base that has been through a lot historically, They've been through a lot spiritually, been through a lot physically, been through a lot morally, been through a lot in any category that you can face, but has been a survivor, but don't understand what they carry and don't understand the power that they have. And so in the process of dismissing that and not knowing what they have and what they carry, in essence, they dismiss themselves and feel inadequate and feel that whatever they do won't really make a difference. And because I have not 
talk to every black male or every African-American male in this state, in this country, in this world. I'm going to call this an objective opinion that I have. And I say that because I don't see when I'm out and about. I don't see when I'm voting at the election office or the times that I voted in line at my particular polling or voting place. When I'm in certain conversations or when I've heard certain conversations, it's been more towards not voting than towards voting. When I've realized that most, if not some, don't understand the voting process. And right now I'm speaking about the black man. I'm speaking about the African-American man. I'm speaking about you being a, I'm being a survivor. Through dangers seen and unseen, we are still here. And I know since we've landed in Williamsburg, since we landed in Charleston, and wherever the slave ships dropped us off, some 400 years ago. We are still here. The problem is, is that we have not understood the power that we possess and the ability to change the landscape of where we live and where we serve. And because of that, instead of one wanting to be motivated to learn, to grow, to excel, we've allowed the powers that be to dictate, to control, and to manipulate our mindset to make us believe, just be happy with where you are. Now, you heard me just say earlier, because I have not spoken to, I have not interacted with every black male, every African-American male on the planet. So this is my objective opinion. And I got to throw myself in that the little that I've done in the 60 years of being on planet Earth, I could have done more. I could have been more involved. I could have made more of a difference in the community that I serve. And all I'm saying is, is that if we truly want this landscape to change for the better, 
if we truly want our circumstances and situations to get better, if we truly want our kids and our grandkids and our wives and our grandparents and all who are connected to us to see us differently, then we got to be willing to make the sacrifice to learn more, to grow more, to see more, and to do more. And accept the fact that when you make a decision to be better, it becomes a full-time application. It's a commitment that becomes a lifelong commitment. It's a lifestyle change. And it goes on until you actually leave Earth. Now, what does that mean? You know, I don't I, I, I don't I don't want to be on this pod for too, too much longer. So I'm going to kind of do it this way. It means that it's never too late to grow. Which means it's never too late to learn. It means it's never too late to know. To be intrigued. To ask questions and search for answers. It's never too late to do that. It's never too late to not want to be better, not want to be healthier, not want to be alive. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. You can't really be a servant if you're not first serving yourself, making sure you're right. Latch on to something that helps to motivate you. For me, it's my creator, it's my God. It's me believing that God sent his only son to save us. So that means that I have to stay connected to biblical principles as much as I can on a daily basis. I got to believe that what the Bible says is true. It also means understanding that you'll never be perfect. But if you're doing good, you can be consistent. Change, positive change, is hard. But change can make a difference. I'm talking to you, black man. I'm talking to you, African-American king. Why can't we come together and do what's right and show the world 
that we can make a difference when we decide to. Not when we want to, not when they tell us to, but when we decide to, we can change the world for the better. That's my prayer, that's my hope, and that's my duty to continue to do something, to continue to be a voice not just verbally, but be a voice physically, marching, talking, speaking, preaching, to help motivate other black men, voting, volunteering, to motivate other black men to see how important we need to be involved because whether you believe it or not, brothers, whether you believe it or not, black man, African-American male, they need us too. And that's all the above. Our kids, our wives, our girlfriends, our pastor, our teachers, Our community leaders, they all need us. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Oh, yeah. Peace. Peace.